praise God, everybody. Come on, praise God, everybody. We greet you today in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you, make a joyful noise to the Lord today. What a blessing it is to be in the land of the living with a reasonable portion of health and sense. Amen. And thankful that the Lord has allowed our moments to roll on just a little while longer. For those of you who are watching today via the World Wide Web, I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, Senior Pastor here at the Good Hope Church in Houston, Texas. And I want to thank you today for the privilege of your time. Thank you for being with us, allowing us into your space to inform your head, encourage your heart, inspire your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. Now, remember, you're not here watching to make us a big church or me a big preacher. We're here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. Like us, love us, share us with family members and friends and let them know mm, there's never been a better time for hope. Come on, let's thank God for those who are watching via the World Wide Web. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. Come on, everybody who's in our discipleship groups, man, we are so grateful and thankful. Uh, we've got two layers going on now. We've got our rooted groups who are continuing and purpose-driven life. And man, we are excited about what God is doing in the lives of our members. And I want to remind you that you should be getting an email about possibly facilitating in the spring. Here's what I need you to know. So many times as believers, uh, we think it's about us and it's really about us positioning ourselves to allow God to use us. And so when you think about, for example, rooted or purpose-driven life, or as we move on and continue to add and layer curriculum on top of curriculum, uh, it's important for you to know that it's not just about you. Somebody said to me, well, you know, I, I was going to do purpose-driven life, but I did it before. And then I asked him, I said, well, how long ago, long ago have you done it? And it was like 10, 15 years ago. And I'm like, huh? Like who reads the Bible and says, oh, I read it 10, 15 years ago. I don't need to read it again, right? One of the things that I've learned is that God speaks to you in a variety of ways, depending on where you are at that point in your life. And so some things that you may have heard in the past, you need to listen to now. And so that refresher is always good. But also remember this, it's not just about what you get. I need you all praying about your life groups moving forward. If you facilitate a life group with, for example, your children or maybe your grandchildren, and what a blessing it would be to spend 10 weeks in the word with your grandchildren and some of their friends and give you an opportunity to invest in their lives and pour into them spiritually. And so I want you to think beyond yourself. Amen. Think about how God wants to use you to change the world. We've got a video testimony today, and it's a powerful testimony. Um, I appreciate so much this sister and her husband and uh, well. Let me let you hear the testimony for yourself.
When Pastor first introduced the rooted and grounded curriculum to us, I thought it was just another Bible. really helped me overcome my fear of rejection. When I came to Good Hope over five years ago, I was really angry with my husband. The reason being is because I had been in my previous church for over 22 years, and for him to just say, okay, we're going to a new church, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if the people would accept us. I didn't know if I would be comfortable learning new things or new people. So Rooted and Grounded really helped me overcome my fear. So now I am free, free from that fear of rejection, free from the control that I once thought I had. And Rooted and Grounded really helped me to overcome those things. I really thank God for Rooted and Grounded for helping me overcome my fear of rejection because the people here have embraced me with open arms and I'm just so happy to see what the 2024 year have for me in my life. Come on, let's thank God for Sister Holmes. Let's thank God for her and her husband. Uh, she came to the church and uh, not too long ago, she's been attending, but as she says, she was here under protest. But um, she continued to remain faithful and she joined church just a few weeks ago. And so we're grateful and thankful to the Lord. Let's thank God for her again and her sharing her testimony. Now, those of you who are in your rooted groups, uh, you can pick up your shirts today. If you ordered your shirts, you can pick up your shirts today. Um, so you will have your shirts for your service projects that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks so you can pick up your shirts today and on Wednesday as well. I want to thank everybody who participated in the Salt and Light Ministry Fair on last week, uh, between two to 300 people, um, I think was the number who went through and registered and got information both for in-house ministries and for service opportunities outside for us to be salt and light. Remember, <clears throat> we're to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So we don't want to be salt and the salt shaker and talk about how salty we are in here with everybody else. And we're not trying to be the light in the light store, trying to outshine each other in here and then turn our lights off when we get out there. Amen. And so I want to thank all of those and thank our staff for doing a tremendous job Dr. Misha Birkins and the team for doing a tremendous job in setting up our salt and light ministry fair. Um, you're in your prayer experience now. There are some groups that are still in their prayer experience. Um, how many of you, by a show of hands, were blessed by your prayer experience if you were in your prayer experience? Yeah, great. And I know Purpose Driven Life, they're taking that prayer experience to the next level. They're doing seven consecutive days of prayer for 30 minutes at a designated time. And I hope the prayer guide that we produce, that we shared with you on last week was a blessing. Um, you, can still, <clears throat> you can still get that prayer guide um, on our website and on our app as well. 
and uh, we we hope and pray that uh, it will bless you as you continue your walk with the Lord. Uh, make sure you go by and pick up your monthly magazine, and on the cover is Hope 365. Um, I've got a letter, or I should say an article in there, just explaining what Hope 365 is. Here's the commitment I'm asking you to make above your regular giving. I'm asking you to make the commitment of $1 a day, $1 a day that we will commit to using for local, national, and international ministry to help us take hope to the world, $1 a day. Now listen, imagine those of you who are watching, you can participate as well. If we had a thousand people to give $1 a day, what kind of difference would that make? And so um, I talk about that in the magazine. For those of you who are watching online, you can see it and read it on our website, goodhope.org. And you can also uh, see it on the app as well. Um, and if you uh, make the commitment, we're going to trust you for a dollar a day, right? Um, but we want you to make that commitment and we'll have uh, these uh, t-shirts that are uh, uh, laid out for you. And on the back, I think, can you see it? It says beingchurch365.org. And that's what we want to do every day of our lives. We want to be church, right? That's our commitment. We're not committed to having church or going to church. Um, we want to be the church that God has called us to be. I want you to keep in prayer um, the family of Brother Michael Chambers. Man, we got word yesterday that he went home to be with the Lord. Um, Brother Michael Chambers was a part of our staff here for several years. He and his wife, Glendora, and their boys um, were part of our church family. Um, came at a very, very critical time in our church when we needed someone who understood both administration and ministry and helped get us through that very, very uh, challenging time. And we will always uh, remember him. And uh, I want you to keep uh, Sister Glendora in your prayers. Uh, there's no arrangements as of yet, but we will uh, be praying for the family and as soon as we get arrangements uh, we'll let you know amen amen where are all my february birthdays february birthdays where are you stand on your feet wherever you are don't be shamed don't be shamed don't be shamed february birthdays Ooh, yes well we're singing happy Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to oh, you. Oh, Lord, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, you look good. You look Don't you know good. you look fine?
Amen. I hope and pray you have many, many more. Take the rest of the week. Take the rest of the month. Uh, take the whole year. Just celebrate life. Amen. Amen. Let's prepare for our word today. Uh, let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time as we continue our Rooted and Grounded preaching series, Discovering Your Purpose for Life and Living. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. Uh, we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight. <coughs> we'll bring glory and honor to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Who do you try to please in life? Uh, if I asked you that question and we asked you to give us an answer, what, what would your answer be? For, for some of you, your, your desire to please uh, is directed towards your parents, right? You, you want to please your parents. You want to make your parents happy. For somebody else, um, it's, it's just vocationally advantageous to please your boss. Uh, you want your boss or your supervisor to be happy. For some, you want your significant other to be happy. That's your goal, to please them. For some of you, that's not your goal, which is maybe why you don't have a significant other, right? Um, but but if, you, if you have a significant other, it's, it's your goal, your desire to uh, please them. Uh, maybe at the end of the day, you simply want to please yourself. You want to be able to look in the mirror and say, job well done. You go, girl. You got this thing, boy. Yeah, you did it. You handling your, you standing firm, you standing tall, right? And you want to celebrate yourself. You want to please yourself. But the truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, the one we should be focusing on pleasing is God. Uh, we spend way too much time trying to please ourselves and trying to please other people, and we fail to think about what it takes and what it means to please God, to live out God's purpose for our lives so that our lives are pleasing to him. Uh, today, for a few moments, I want to continue a thought that we started on last week, how to live to please God, how to live to please God. Our foundational text is Hebrews 11, verses 6 through 7, but we'll look at some other verses on today. How to live to please God. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand. And for those of you who are watching, you can download the outline and find it on our app or go to our website. Uh, we began our discipleship session by answering the question, what does it mean to live on purpose? We talked about how to live God's purpose in your life, looking at the life of David. The Bible says that uh, David served the purpose of God in his generation before he fell asleep and died. And the question is, what would be written on our tombstones? What would our epitaph be? 
And at the end of the day, my brothers and sisters, we, we want it to be said, at least I hope you want it to be said, that you lived a life that was pleasing to God. After that, we talked about what on earth am I here for? And we challenge you to think about what it means to make God's purpose your priority. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. He says, don't worry about the stuff. Don't prioritize possession, cash, cars, commodities, and creature comforts. He says, no, don't, don't, don't prioritize uh, pleasure for yourself. Don't prioritize uh, clothes and the like. He says, no. He says, prioritize seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God said, I'll take care of everything else. If you take care of my business, God says, I will take care of you. Today, we want to focus on this idea of what it means to live, to please God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Can you imagine that? for a moment, living in a way that you said, is this going to be pleasing to God? What I'm about to say, would that be pleasing to God? What I'm thinking, would that be pleasing to God? What I'm about to do, would that be pleasing to God? And allowing that standard to guide your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we get an idea of what it takes <clears throat> to please God. The Bible says, and without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Without faith, you cannot please God. And one of the heroes of faith is our biographical expositional subject on today, and that's the man by the name of Noah. Noah is a man that the Bible says, please God. He, he lived in a way that honored God despite what people were saying around him and despite what people were doing. Uh, on last week, just as a former review, let me share with you two things. Uh, in part one, we said if you're going to live to please God, you must live in a way that you learn to love God completely. That, that God is not looking for an incomplete love from you. He's not looking for a part-time love from you. He's not looking for a convenient love from you. He is looking for a full-time, mm, excuse me, full-time love from you. Uh, the Bible says that uh, Noah uh, was living in a way that when God looked on the earth and said, I'm going to destroy the whole earth because there is no one that's living right. There's no one that's following me. And then he said, except for Noah. And he made a decision to save Noah and his family's life. Can, can I ask you a question? If, if God was searching and he couldn't find anybody else who was walking with him, 
could he look at you and say, she is following me. He is following me. There's an exception to this generalization. The world might be walking away from me, but no, I got somebody who I know is committed to following me. And God says more than your sacrifices, he wants a relationship. He's not concerned about religious practices, routines, or rituals. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to know you in an intimate way. That's why he says, I want you to love me, Mark chapter 12, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I want everything. And the problem is we give everything to other people who were never intended for everything. And then we get mad when they don't appreciate the everything we give to them. Right? How, how are you going to get mad at a human being for not appreciating a divinely intended love? You give, you give a man, you give a woman your whole heart, whole mind, whole strength, your whole body. You give him or her everything and then get mad when they don't appreciate everything. When it was never intended all for them. It was intended to be given to God. Here's the second thing I shared with you last week. I told you you live in a way that pleases God when you learn to trust God totally. You got to trust God totally. Uh, Hebrews eleven seven says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Took Noah 120 years to build the ark. 120 years he built the ark in a place that was a desert in a time where he had never seen rain in his life. Can you imagine God telling you to do something contrary to what you had seen your entire life? Y'all, I've had people who said, I just don't see it. Doesn't make sense to me. And I've heard other people agree with them, saying, I know you're right. That's right. That don't make sense to me either. And what you end up with is the blind leading the blind. Right? If, if you want to do what's never been done and you want to go where you've never been, the last thing you want to do is try to follow somebody who says, I can't see it. Because what you can't see with eyesight, you should be able to see with faith-inspired insight. And the Bible says Noah trusted God totally. Despite the opposition, despite the ridicule that he must have received, he trusted God. Let's get to part two. We're talking about living to please God. Here's the first thing in part two. You live in a way that pleases God when you learn to obey God wholeheartedly. When you learn to obey God wholeheartedly. Now, in verses 13 through 22, Genesis chapter 6, God says to Noah, I'm determined to make an end of all flesh. The earth is filled with violence throughout. I'm going to destroy them, and I need you to create and make an ark that will be able to house you, your family, and every living thing on the earth. 
And he lays out very specific instructions in terms of what Noah needs to do in order to fulfill what God has commanded him to do. Obeying God required great attention to logistics and details because everything had to be done the way God prescribed it. Uh, he, he, he couldn't handle building the ark like some of us handle uh, putting things together. You know, I'm not going to tell on you, I'll tell on myself. You, you know, see, I, I, I used to take the picture, uh, Deacon Birkins, I would take the picture of the object, the cover, and then I would put it up and then I would try to put together the item without reading the directions. Because I figured if I could get it to look like the picture, don't judge me, come on now, I, I, if I could get it to look like the picture, that was close enough. And, and I remember the last time I tried that and I had three or four screws left over. And I was trying to figure out why would they give me these extra screws, you know? In this thing, everything should be used. And of course, when I set it up, it was wobbly. It looked good, but as soon as I touched it, it started wobbling and folding. And I said, okay, wait a minute, no, 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 we got a problem here. Here's what I had to do. I had to take it all apart, read the directions, and start over again, right? Here's what I need you to know. God gives very specific directions on how we are to live life, what we are to do to move forward in our lives, in our relationships with men, with women. He gives very specific instructions how to raise our children. He gives very specific instructions. Here's the problem. We don't want to read the direction manual. We want to put it together the way we think it ought to be put together. God says A, B, C, and we say, well, A and B is good enough. I can see my way through the rest, right? And we fail to understand that God actually has a plan and he has instructions for us to do everything he has commanded us to do. In verse 22, the living Bible says, and Noah did everything as God commanded him. He completely obeyed. He, he obeyed Completely, he obeyed exactly to do exactly what God wanted done. He gave God his absolute obedience. Now, how do you respond when God asks you to do something? How do you respond when God gives you directions for how to live your life? Uh, do you have questions that need to be answered? Do you have objections that need to be responded to? Do you have reservations that need to be resolved? See, see, some of us, here's the problem. We can't obey God because we don't understand what God is saying. We don't understand the ramifications of what he's saying. And we think understanding is a prerequisite to obedience. Uh, let me put a cord in the meter and park there for somebody. So I give my children instruction, and I tell my children, this is what you need to do. This is what I want you to do. This is how I need you. Why, why, why you want it done that way? 
well, can I do it like this? No, I need you to do this, and this is the way to do it. This is the best way. Now, after about two or three whys, I found myself saying what I said I would never say to my children because my parents used to say it to me. What, what did I end up saying? Because I said so, right? Like, you, you ain't got to understand it. Just do what I tell you to do. I have some insight that you are unaware of. So just do what I told you to do. Why? Because I said so. You say to God, but God, that don't make sense to me. But God, I can't get them like that. But God, she ain't going to do right if I do that. But God, if, if, if I do this, then they going to do. And God says, because I said so. You don't have to understand it. Just do it. Because I said so. And Noah did it. Can I tell you something? Delayed obedience is really disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. God is looking for total and absolute obedience. Look at Psalm 119, verse 33, the ESV translation. Let's read it together. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Uh, the Living Bible paraphrase, just tell me what to do and I will do it, Lord. As long as I live, I'll wholeheartedly obey. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. See, I, I love to ask a group of church folk who loves the Lord. Oh, man, every hand goes up. I love the Lord. He heard my cry, pitied every groan. Oh, yeah, I love the Lord. He first loved me. Every hand goes up, and then you say, how many of you obey the Lord? Some hands start going down. But Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. You will keep my commandments. This is the second and final thing. Number two. If you're going to live to please God, you live in a way that pleases God when you learn to praise and thank God continually. When you learn to praise and thank God continually. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. Noah's life pleased God because he lived a life with a heart of praise and thanksgiving. The Bible says as soon as they get to dry ground, the first thing Noah does is offer a sacrifice to the Lord. First thing he does, he builds an altar. He says in a tangible way, Lord, I thank you. Because he recognizes from whom all of his blessings have come. 
he recognizes that even the act of saving him, even though it's in the Old Testament, was an act of God's grace. And he thanks God. He thanks him and praises him continually. My brothers and my sisters, if you're going to live a life that's pleasing to God, there's got to be some praise, and it can't be limited to Sunday morning. Can I tell you something? If all the praise you do is in praise and worship on Sunday morning, that's an insufficient amount of praise. No, no, no. Every day of your life ought to be a day of thanksgiving. I'm, ta- I'm talking about when you wake up in the morning, thank God. For, first thing, for your feet hit the floor, thank God. Your eyes opened up. You still had a reasonable portion of health and sense. Thank God. When, when you're walking through your day every now and then, you ain't got to stop for a praise break. Just, just thank God as you're going. Before you close your eyes at night, just thank God for another day. Uh, we used to sing... A song, uh, when I was a teenager, when I first started going to church, uh, and said, uh, just before I close my eyes to sleep, I thank the Lord for being so good to me. Uh, I cannot, I may not have done all that I wanted to do, but Lord, it's been a mighty good day. Yeah, it's been a mighty good day, right? But I thank the Lord for being so good to me. And my brothers and my sisters, man, it cannot be that your praise is limited to the sanctuary. You you need to live your life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Look at Hebrews 13, 15. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Why? Because Jesus has become our ultimate sacrifice. We no longer have to sacrifice animals. We no longer have to sacrifice doves and, and, and bulls and, 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 and the like. No, the sacrifice of Jesus has been once and for all So every day we should give him thanks because his blood never loses its power. Look at Psalm 116, verse 17. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. We are told to praise God for who he is and to thank God for what he has done. Done. Psalm 69, beginning at verse 30. Let's read it together. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. The New Living Translation, Psalm 68, verse 3 and 4 says, But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord and rejoice 
in his presence. Your purpose for life and living can only be fulfilled when you live to please God. See, too many of us think we can only please God if we're in full-time vocational ministry. You might be looking and saying, Pastor, I ain't no preacher. I don't know how I can please God. I'm not up there. I can't sing. I don't know how I can please God. Can I tell you something? God needs some people who will please him who are engineers. Yeah, he, he needs some accountants. Um, he needs some doctors. He needs some nurses. Like wherever you are, God needs you to live in a way to please him, to honor him. Because the well done, thou good and faithful servant, is not limited to a specific vocation. It is open and available to anyone who will live their life wherever they are in a way that brings glory and honor to God. So if you want to find your purpose, learn how to live in a way that pleases him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that everything that we do and say will bring glory and honor to you. And we pray that as we move forward in our life and in our living, that you would remind us by your Holy Spirit, that you would nudge us to make sure that all that we think, all that we do, all that we say, that it will please you. And when it's not pleasing to you, convict us that we might repent and change our actions and our attitude so that we can live a life that's pleasing to you. We give you glory and honor now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let the people of God say amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise if you would. <clears throat> Everyone who can and everyone who will, if you would stand on your feet wherever you are. If you're here today, for those who are listening via the World Wide Web, if you feel the Lord leading you, moving you to say yes to him, maybe you have never asked the Lord into your life and you want to ask God into your life, maybe situations and circumstances have gotten you to the place where you recognize you need God in your life. We want to extend to you an opportunity to come and say yes to the Lord. Uh, maybe you've asked the Lord into your life, but you've drifted away and you've made a recommitment <clears throat> to live for God, a, a new fresh commitment to live for God. And you would like to make that step to say, yes, I want to recommit my life to the Lord. I want the church to pray for me. If you're watching, you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be. Those of you who are here under the sound of my voice, uh, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We are imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God and trying to work out our own soul salvation. We welcome you to join us on the journey where we are committed to praying for one another, encouraging one another, loving one another, so that we can all become what God wants us to be. Um, there's a, 
QR code that's coming up on the screen for those of you who may not want to walk, those of you who may not be uh, here locally, you can use that QR code. And for those of you who are present, um, you might have that QR code on your outline as well. But we want to give you the opportunity to say yes today. All right. So as we sing, don't hesitate. Don't dialogue or debate with the devil. Make that step and say, yeah, that's for me, man. I need to get, get my life to the Lord. Come on and come right now. I'll say yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes. Bless you, bless you. Lord, yes, Come on, somebody else. You said, I don't want to be the first one. You don't have to be the first one. Come on. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart. Let's extend our hand to our sister who's come. Father, we thank you and bless you for our sister. God, you know where she has come from, what she has come through. And we pray, God, for this season of her journey, that all that she needs to continue to become all that you want her to be, she would find here for this season of her life. We pray, God, that your love would wrap yourself around her and that she would experience all that she needs through our hands, through our voices, through our hugs to know that you are alive and you are real. We bless her and we ask you to step into her life and do great and wonderful things. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for our sister today. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> 